Hello, everyone. Welcome back to There's a Hack for That. This week, Erica and I are chatting with DIY expert Cassandra Severns. Cassandra and I met when she hosted a gathering of the Women in It Together group that Erica is one of the co-founders of, and the topic of that gathering was DIY. She has this beautiful greenhouse that her and her husband built in their backyard. It's one of their DIY projects, and she shared with us then, that was, gosh, two years ago now, um, how she got started in DIY and how to integrate it into your lifestyle. I never forgot that first meeting, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today to share with you all some of those hacks and tricks. She has taken on a variety of DIY projects, from gardening to making her own beauty products through essential oils to building that greenhouse. And then this past summer, July 2021, Cassandra renovated an entire 1989 RV by herself. It is incredible. You can find it on her Instagram. So make sure to check that out. She is so generous in the hacks that she shares with us. And she has a new DIY guide out on her website, Business Bookkeeping 101 for Entrepreneurs, because she is one and she's also a bookkeeper, definitely a Jackie of all trades. Please connect with Cassandra on Instagram or her website. You can find those links in our show notes on our website. There's a hack for that podcast.com. Connect with the pod, connect with Erica and connect with me on Instagram. We love to chat with you. Make sure to rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. We appreciate and love hearing from our curious listeners. And here we go with some awesome DIY hacks from Cassandra Severns. Enjoy. Welcome, Cassandra. Thank you for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Just a little background, Erica and Cassandra and I know each other through WIT, Women in It Together, the organization that we've mentioned so many times that Erica and her friend Debbie started. So thank you again to WIT for introducing us to another lovely guest. Yay. And today we're talking about DIY. I don't know if any of the listeners out there like myself are a little intimidated by DIY. Cassandra definitely inspired me to try some DIY things when I first met her. So if you wouldn't mind, Cassandra, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you start doing DIY projects and how are they part of your like everyday life? Yeah. So growing up as a child, my mother was extremely into crafting everything we did. We'd come home from school and ask for help with homework and she would go, "Mm, I can't help you with that, but do you know what we can do? And she would pull out paints or paper or fabric, all sorts of things. She was very much into crafting. And so I grew up doing lots of crafts, wearing lots of homemade clothes, everything down to like the food we ate. She didn't like us to eat things from the grocery store. So she would make things like granola and all types of things. So it started as a kid. And then as I got older and when I went to college and I was on my own, 
I sort of discovered my own version of crafting. So it started with wanting to learn how to knit. And I did not take well to knitting. Um, knitting is very hard. But I did take to crochet. One needle versus two seemed to be a little bit more understandable for my brain. And so it kind of just spiraled from there, starting with one little project that I could do and learn. And I learned everything there was to learn about it. Started a whole business with my crochet stuff. Like I really took off with that. And that's kind of where I got started was this whole idea of creating something with my hands and really liking that feeling of completing something. That's awesome. I also tried knitting and it gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> but crocheting is totally my game. My grandmother taught me how to do it. So you kind of grew up in a crafty household that has turned into something much larger for you now. <laughs> I love how you shared that you started your crochet business from a hobby. You seem to have a trend of doing that, my friends. So can you tell us what other DIY projects of yours have turned into businesses? <laughs> well, crocheting turned into I wanted to do other things with my hands. So I started out with house plants which turned into gardening, which that turned into this whole homestead idea. So we had chickens and I was selling their eggs and selling the produce I was growing in my backyard, which turned into, well, Colorado's cold, so I need somewhere to grow things in the winter, which turned into building a greenhouse from scratch. And, <laughs> and then from there, kind of everything has spiraled from there. Like once you really dive into it, it becomes every part of your life down to like the products I use on my face. I make all of those things myself. Products for my hair. The only thing I'm not into and I will admit it is, is sewing. Sewing. My mom is very good at sewing. I have yet to pick up sewing. It. I can sew you something basic. Clothes? No way. Cannot do it. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, do you have any DIY hobbies in your life currently? Besides mm. your experimenting on yourself with all of the supplements. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is that DIY? Is biohacking DIY? Maybe. Totally. I make my own lotion, which I started doing several years ago when I started managing my autoimmune condition naturally because I was trying to eliminate toxins in my environment. And there are still... I wouldn't, I wouldn't really call it DIY, but like I'll use pure oils instead of buying face lotions. I haven't really gotten into like mixing them or creating anything. Otherwise, I used to be a lot more into DIY stuff, but interesting enough, it came from like a scarcity mindset or like this, this mindset of lack. Cause I was like, Oh, I'll just make it myself because I wanted to save money. And then as I've grown and evolved my money mindset, I realized that I'm more of a convenience, like I value convenience. So I'm like, if I, though I know I can make this, I would prefer to pay for it already done. So I would prefer to buy something that Cassandra made than figure out how to make it myself, if that makes sense. I highly recommend buying, I don't know if you sell it even, your stain remover. Yes, I do. Oils. Blow my mind. Every time mm -hmm. I use it, it blows my mind. Okay, so you have taken on some pretty hefty projects. You have an Instagram. You have a few Instagrams. So which one is your kind of DIY one? Is it your lifestyle one or I can't remember? 
Yeah, so my lifestyle, so it's lifestyle.haven. That is my Instagram where, where I have all of our DIY house projects. So it's not any of like my oils or products like that. It is house projects, things we've done to our house, things we've done to our yard, things we've done to our mountain property. Those things are all on that page. So you mentioned your greenhouse and we saw it, I guess, two years ago. You've done quite a bit of work on it since then. Tell us like a short nutshell version of the story of your greenhouse. Because, okay, I'll, I'll also add your husband's an architect, right? Yes, he is. So you do have you do have a, a partner there That's who Andy. major value add. <laughs> but Bonus. tell us about your yeah. Tell us about your greenhouse. Yeah. So the greenhouse it started with once the garden took off and I was doing this homesteading business. I told my husband I was like, look, I need somewhere to grow vegetables inside. We were growing them in the room I'm currently sitting in, actually, which used to be my yoga studio. And (laughs) it was driving him crazy that you couldn't actually get in here and I couldn't actually do yoga because I was trying to grow tomatoes in wintertime inside my house. And so he was like, well, I guess we could build a greenhouse. Neither of us know anything about greenhouses. He is an architect, so he understands buildings and how to build things and how to put things together. And that is a huge value add. And he's not a typical architect. A lot of them understand how buildings are put together, but they themselves have never actually put together a building. So if you sent them out on a job site, they're going to be looking for things, but they wouldn't be able to pick up a hammer and actually put things together. His background is his dad is very handy and knows how to do all of that. So he's picked up all those skills. And so building things, he has in turn taught me how to build things. And the greenhouse was our first huge project where I learned so many things that I had no idea, like how to use a hammer, how to properly use it, how to hold a nail, safety equipment, eye protection, like things I'd never thought about. Um, And we literally did it ground up, pulling a permit from the city to get it installed properly, digging out the ground, like how would you even go about doing that, putting in a foundation, like from the ground all the way up, I learned how to use a lot of tools and regulations for the city I live in. And it was wild, but turned out amazing. And since then, it has evolved. It was just a greenhouse for my business. And then when I closed that business and COVID happened, I transitioned it into my teaching studio. And so changing that, figuring out how do we get heat out there? How do we get electricity? Because before there was none of that. It was just like a warm space for plants. Not really great for humans in the winter. Um, so learning about how to do all that stuff too has been a, is amazing. <laughs> wow. So you like to learn things, it sounds like. <laughs> I share that. I'm fascinated. I I always want to at least try things myself at least once and fail at them and be like, do I care to learn how to do this again? Yeah. I'm that's where my value of convenience comes in. I have that too, but I also like, can I do this myself? Question mark. When the answer is no, I will hire someone to do it. <laughs> yeah, my thing is I'll get a desire to start. Like, I'm like, yeah, I want to figure this out, but I don't really have the capacity always to complete. (laughs) So I think maybe one day when I have 
a partner or something and we can do projects together and there's motivation to finish, but that's always my thing. I'm like, yeah, this seems really interesting. And I do like understanding how things work, but taking projects to completion is not my specialty. I would say for for my husband and I, it's become a bonding thing. When we Mm. went looking for a house, he wanted a complete fixer-upper, and I wanted a brand new build. I didn't even want to deal with any of it. I was like, no. So we looked at opposite spectrums for Mm. houses, and when we bought our house, it it was a complete compromise. It was livable, but literally everything needed replaced in it. Like, you could use it, but you would slowly need to replace everything in this house, And that was our compromise. And so it was in that was where I started my mindset shifted from the convenience of let's just have everything work and I can just move in to, okay, I guess we have to learn this. And when we bought our house, we were what I call house poor. We spent all the money on the house. We didn't have any money after. And so the cheapest way to do things then, that was 10 years ago, was to do them yourself. Now, with COVID and how expensive wood and stuff is, sometimes it's not cheaper to do it yourself. Mm. It is cheaper to hire someone to do it. But when we bought our house, it was so much cheaper for us to learn how to do something and then implement it. Do you feel like you always have a project going on or are there any are there moments where you have to be like, let's take a break and like recharge for the next one? Oh my gosh. I would love to say we take a recharge. (laughs) I don't think I'm capable of taking a recharge. We just finished building a barn door for our basement and my husband was like, okay, so we're good for a while. And then I turned around and ordered a whole bunch of bricks to make a faux brick wall in the basement and he's on a work trip, so he's going to come home to a surprise. <laughs> We're doing this. <laughs> well, you said it took you, I mean, you got your house 10 years ago. So you've had this like decade long journey of DIY learning. It's kind of like really your whole life now is kind of built around that. It's a lifestyle for you, I guess, is what I was trying to say. But where, where did, would people start? If they were like, oh, DIY is too hard, like I, but I'm curious about it because unless you try it, you don't know if it's for you or not. I feel that way about pretty much everything. What would you suggest would be like, how, how would people choose their first DIY project? So my suggestion with DIY is pick the category you want to start in. Because DIY can be anything, right? From the products you use to the clothes you wear to something in your house. You have to pick the category first. And so my first category was doing something with my hands and it was with yarn, right? That was my first DIY, learning how to make a scarf with my hands. And then it sort of evolved from there. So a lot of people think of DIY as house projects in particular, And my suggestion is start by, if you want to start with your house, put a shelf up and make it level. Start that way. Something really simple. You can go on YouTube and just YouTube how to make a shelf level. Start that way. Everything we have ever built, we started with YouTube. I watched so many YouTube videos. When we were building the greenhouse, I bought a bunch of books, didn't read a single one. Do you know how many YouTube videos I watched? Probably 40. Like, it's so much easier to watch somebody 
do something and then learn things and implement them that way, but also have that reference where you could pause the video and be like, okay, let's find that, you know, that tool or that thing and let's try it ourselves and then continue on with the video. I highly recommend YouTube. (laughs) I've learned everything on YouTube. I feel like I've learned I learned how to propagate plants. I learned how to change my car battery. I learned, I learned how to put up a shelf level on YouTube too. Did you know that you have an app on your phone? Most phones have a measuring app where you can like visually measure things virtually. And I was like, I learned that on YouTube. <laughs> Crazy. So it sounds like YouTube's a hack, like number one DIY hack, YouTube. Yes. I find Pinterest to be really helpful too. A lot of the links go back and forth between those two. Yeah, Pinterest is so... That would be my second would be, you know, pick your category, watch some YouTube videos. And then if you want to go for the styling of whatever you're doing, go to Pinterest. So the great example is this door that I just did. I went on Pinterest and I looked at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of barn doors. But my basement has low ceilings, right? There were all these constraints, but I found the style and the look that I was looking for. And so you can use Pinterest as basically like your vision board, right? Create this board of what you want the space to look like, and then you can customize it to your space, right? Our heights were different, all those things, but I was able to find the style of door that I liked. I was able to find the hinges that I wanted, the door handles, all these things, and then make it work for the space that we had. That's a really great explanation of what Pinterest is for. It's not just for wedding planning and buying fake houses on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think those are great places to start. What are some of your, what's your least favorite DIY project you've done? Have you ever started a project and been like, nope, I'm not finishing this? Whoa, we've never not finished a project. I have thrown in the towel and was stormed off and had to come back (laughs) a few days later. My biggest one was, so we've redone both of our bathrooms in our house. Our first remodeled bathroom went fine. The second one, our basement bathroom, I thought I would never finish it. Um, And I am, I would call myself now an expert tiler. I have tiled so many things (laughs) that that bathroom, it was the first time I'd done a ceiling and it was the first time that we dealt with how a house settles. So the walls in the basement are completely uneven. So trying to make all of your grout lines line up. I, uh, my husband built an entire laundry room, all of the cabinets and drawers by himself in the time it took me to tile that bathroom, wow. which was really annoying. It took me almost two weeks to tile a bathroom. So it sounds like another hack could be give yourself some grace and have patience. <laughs> And your learning curve that will come with DIY. (laughs) It it is a real, like, personally challenging pursuit, right? If you are actually choosing to learn something new. Yes. And taking the time, right, just like in real life, when you get frustrated and upset, to be able to pause and step away from it for a moment. And I'm typically not that person. My husband is. So if I'm not the one who's like, keep going, keep going, he would just stop and leave it a mess and be like, we'll deal with it later. So somebody has to be the like, go, go, go. But when I'm the one who's like, uh, I'm all done. I throw in the <laughs> towel. 
I can't exactly be that, but I can give myself like, okay, I'll come back to this in two days when I don't want to throw a hammer at the wall and just start all over. (laughs) Starting without attachment to how everything is going to play out and letting, being really present and letting it be. I have a quick question. So when you're, when you get the inspiration for a new project, is that like an inter, is it usually an internal urge that comes from like, oh, I want to do this? Or are you kind of always on the lookout for like maybe looking at Pinterest or other ideas and you're like, oh, I want to try and bring this into reality? How do you get inspiration? So it's funny you say that. So I, my husband and I have a saying, and we always say it's almost there. So it gives us permission to change the space if something arises that we feel would make the space feel more like us instead Mm. of us locking into, oh, this space is right. We're done with the bathroom. It's all done. You don't need anything else. It gives you permission if you find something or see something that sparks that inner joy. I live a lot by Marie Kondo's her like mentality of things bringing you joy. So you have attachment to things, but you also have a detachment to them once they don't bring you joy anymore. So giving ourselves permission to change the spaces whenever we feel that like urge to do so. And a lot of it does come through. I like to scroll Pinterest and just type in random things. The brick wall idea I've had for three years and I just happened to see something three years ago and was like, wow, that's really cool, but wasn't sure how I would implement that in my house. And then it's taken three years for me to be like, I know where that goes. I know exactly where it goes. And then convincing my husband that maybe we should do this. And he gave me the maybe we could do this. So I just ordered the supplies so we could do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Once they arrive, it makes it a lot easier. Um, And you guys actually, you and your husband gift projects to each other as gifts, right? Like it's part of your how you do holidays and birthdays and stuff. I love that. I think it's so cute when you talk about that on your socials. (laughs) Yeah. So for our anniversary this year, my husband gifted me a broken down RV, a 1989 Mallard. Um, So it is almost as old as I am. And it, when he suggested the idea, at first I thought he was crazy, But we had rent, we renovated like a pole trailer, they call TTs, a TT a few years previous. And so I was like, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing. And at the time he was really busy and he goes, this is your gift. Like, I won't be able to help you. You are going to, so if you are on board with this, you're going to renovate this thing with minimal help from me. And so I was like, well, all right. I mean, let's do it. What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't turn out and we sell it for the same price because we got it for very cheap because it was broken down. Um, so he's like, we just sell it for parts like this guy was going to. So <laughs> that's what I spent all of July doing was renovating an RV. <laughs> Where do and you, you even start? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just run. When I went to. When we went to look at it, my first thought was, this is wild. I I don't even know what we're going to use it for, but it could be a fun project. So once we got it home, step one is always 
right Marie Kondo style. Step one would be to pull everything out, see what's in there, clean the space, and then go from there. And so it's what we did. We came home. I pulled out all of the, he gave us like all the old mattresses and sink parts and the toilet had fallen off. So he left the toilet. I mean, I literally just cleaned it all out, pulled it all out and was like, okay, blank canvas. What would I envision if I wanted this? And then my Pinterest trick, right? Went on Pinterest, looked at a whole bunch of RVs. People had already renovated and you know, built my vision board of what I think this could look like and with my skill set too, right? How much of this can I learn from YouTube? How much of this do I already know? Um, So kind of pulling together photos of things that I was capable of doing or capable of learning how to do. And that whole RV journey is also on Lifestyle Haven Instagram because it is a doozy. I I would like type in your handle to go look and see if you had posted anything else about it. <laughs> you got me through July, let's be honest. <laughs> You're welcome! <laughs> but you finished it. It is done. And you took a trip. That was a learning experience also. Do you, are you going to keep it? Do you think you're going to keep it and use it? So, so far, our plan is to keep it. My husband and I took a trip just to our mountain property with it twice now. And both times, you know, we've kind of decided there are a few things we need to get so we can do more like off-road camping with it. I took my solo trip to an RV park. That is not my style of camping. I like to be in nature, but I'm also not a tent camper. You could not convince me to sleep in a tent to save my life. Um, The RV is great. It's got running water, toilet, shower. It's like a house in the middle of the woods, which I can do. I love that. But the RV park was not my thing. So we're planning on keeping it. We did make it so we can store it at our house to save money, which was another project by extending our fence line, building a new gate across our driveway. There's all these rules in in the city and county of Denver for where and when and how you can park an RV. So we, we had to figure out how to do that. So it is now currently parked in my backyard, <laughs> safe and sound. Your projects and- have projects that bring new <laughs> projects. And then it keeps going, it sounds like. <laughs> a never a lovely snowball. I love that. Wow. I mean, I knew you were like the DIY queen, but this is like, so this is so fascinating. I just love people who love to learn. I'm not quite there yet, but the fact that I have, I would say I'm a like advanced intermediate plant lady now. The at the amount that I've learned in the last year has me curious about other DIY, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. Do you have any other resources for people? Pinterest sounds like a big one. Pinterest and YouTube. Are there any other accounts you follow or people that you really enjoy that you've learned a lot from on on identifying what you like to do inspiration or anything like that that we could share with the listeners yeah so there's two really big resources so one would be here in denver and i'm sure other cities have it too there's this thing called the denver tool rental library yes you can go to home depot and lowe's and rent tools but the denver tool library also will show you how to use the tools before you take them home. So let's say you've watched a YouTube video and you're like, okay, I wanna go get a nail gun. They'll make sure you know how to actually use that before you leave, if you'd like. So it's something you can go in and say, I'd like to rent a nail gun. 
Um, and they can say, okay, do you know how to use this nail gun? And they can show you if you don't know how to. And then someone online, her name is Angela Rose. And she has now, I've watched her before she was famous. She's famous on Instagram now, like actually famous, does huge, huge projects with big, big companies now. And she still is renovating her house little by little. Like she just did this little window in this little overlook that she has, like showed you how to like take out the frame of the window and how you would paint it and then put it all back in. And she's doing it all by herself. And she's got three kids and one of her children is autistic. So just like an average normal person having average normal life, but also doing all these incredibly difficult like DIY projects. Um, I really like to follow along with her projects. She's fascinating for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Both of those. Denver Tool Rental Library. Genius. I love that. Because I don't know about you. Maybe you're not this way anymore. Maybe you never were. But like, I love the idea of Home Depot and Lowe's, but they also intimidate the crap out of me. I mean, I had to go there to buy my dad a new handle for the socket wrench that I borrowed from him to change my battery. And it was like, I had to like go through the plant section very slowly to like amp myself up to go into the tool section. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did not buy any plants, but I did buy the right tools. But I then had to go on YouTube and figure out how to use the tools. So what a resource to be able to go in and and get taught in person. Yeah, they're a great resource. My other tip for women in particular going to Home Depot, a lot of women feel very uncomfortable or intimidated to go to Home Depot. And it I don't know what is the atmosphere of that company or why it's that way, but they do sort of, I don't know, approach or bother or are just give women a weird vibe. And I I feel that every time I go to Home Depot. My number one tip is if you know what you're going for and you know what you need and you don't have to ask for help, it's going to sound bizarre. Wear some sort of work gloves when you go and they will kind of look at you like, huh, she might know what she's doing. I do that every time. Even if I'm just going to get screws and something that doesn't need work gloves, I wear my work gloves. And the employees tend to just kind of be like, okay, I guess she knows what she's doing. And they won't be like, oh, can I help you? Do you need this? Do you need that? Do you want me to load that for you? The other tip though, is if you do need help, wear a skirt. I don't know, they'll all come rushing over if you actually need help ew, and you're wearing a skirt. Ew, <laughs> they will I've all had a come. completely different experience, I guess. Because I don't mind talking to strangers that I go in and I just find a person and if I need help, I'll ask it. But I get so curious in Home Depot. I love like even if I know what I need, I'm like, I want to go look up and down. And I'll like look at all the different kind of kinds of nails and screws and light bulbs. And I'm like, oh, my God, why are there so many different kinds of like <laughs> tiny little things? And then sometimes I see something. I'm like, do I need this? Like, should I just get this in case <laughs> I need it? I don't know. And I get so I've I've never felt intimidated but also i've got the like gemini thing going on so i'll just talk to all the i'm like hey can i have some attention please thank you (laughs) (laughs) um i just recently learned to hack home depot and lowe's on their website have a map of the store and you could put in the website what you're looking for it'll tell you exactly what aisle and what part of the aisle it's on so you don't even have have you don't even have to talk to another human if you don't want to see i would be have an app time is money i'm gonna go in (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, but that's Eric and I are different that way. I I would love to not talk to any other humans unless the humans I choose to talk to. And but like talking to strangers, I'm like, I'm the self checkout queen. That's that's where I live. 
I'm the exact same way. I think my problem with Home Depot is uh, I always know what I'm going in for now. At the beginning, we didn't. But now I know where I'm going. I know what I need. Like the other day when I was in there and I was getting six bags of concrete and 15 pieces of lumber, the guy was like, do you need help? And I was like, no, did I ask for help? Shoot, why are you bothering me? Like, (laughs) go away. (laughs) If I need your help, I will come find you. But I do not need your help. (laughs) Bye. Yes, we need more women to be sales associates at these places. I'll also say that that would be helpful because there are lots of handy women and women who do this like it is it is not a gender role thing, y'all like it's I don't know the the sales sales model there has, you know, leaves leaves things to be desired. Let's switch over to the lifestyle piece. Like we'd mentioned earlier, this has become like very much part of your lifestyle you grow a lot of your own food. You post a lot of your recipes. I mean, I'm still baffled by the fact that you make your own almond milk. That one really, that one really gets me. Like, I want to do it, but also like, I don't. I don't even drink <laughs> oh, that almond I milk. Do. I make my own almond milk. Not every, not all the time, but I'll make it like once a month. But you have an actual like, you have the machine that does it for you. I make mine like in my NutriBullet with cheesecloth. Mm-hmm. But I want to invest. I, I've asked you before for what's the name of the thing that you have that makes it? So I went with the cheap version, which works just the same. So the number one version everyone gets is the almond cow. That thing is hundreds of dollars. So we have the soy joy, which is the next downgrade. I don't know. It works the exact same. You can do all the same things with it. Um, and it's only like $50 instead of like $300. Yes, please. So there is a DIY aspect where it's about like, buying the thing that allows you to make something at home too. Yes. So that's that's another great place to start if people are like, oh, I don't know, but I drink two cartons of almond milk a week. Um, maybe you want to try making your own. It doesn't look hard, especially if you have this little nut milker. Yeah. <laughs> the nut milker <laughs> is a game changer. You literally put water in it. It has this little like container at the top. So you put your nuts and you can mix too. So let's say you wanted to do uh, a rice with cashews and almonds and dates. You can put all of that in this little top section and it you screw it on, put the little thing inside the water, push the on button and it does all of that work for you. It like mixes it all, does the whole thing. And when it beeps, it's done and pour it out and you've got whatever flavor. It tastes so good. Homemade almond milk tastes so good. I'm going to get you can control. Tray. My thing is controlling the sugar content in things. We have so much sugar and everything and preservatives so they stay on the shelves. But if you're making it at home, there's no reason to like the almond milk you buy from the store, they pasteurize too. They do the heat process and that whole thing. Well, you lose some nutrients when you do that, but that also means it's shelf stable, right? So my one at home, I mean, you have to drink it within a week or otherwise mm, it gets a little funky smelling, but we drink so much of it that it was totally worth it. (laughs) Yeah. So like if people want to look at what they consume the most of, regardless of the reason why, like my whole thing right now is less sugar and less waste. So like that's how I'm looking at things like what can I make myself that would help satisfy those things? So you so research the. The thing that'll help you do that. I know bread bread machines have always been one of my hacks. I don't make bread as much anymore, but um, when I was, when I was gluten-free at the beginning, back, you know, 15 years ago when nobody knew what it was, I learned how to make bread because it was like a need. So 
that's that's a great way. So lifestyle, this has become part of your lifestyle. That's how I kind of approach it. Do you have any other suggestions on how people can like look at their life and and kind of workshop what DIY could help improve their life? Yeah. So I always say, look at your life as a whole, right? So where where do you want to go with your life? I have always seen myself as I learn, I would like to get to the point that the only things that I am purchasing would be companies that do sustainable clothing because I cannot sew. That's not something that I'm willing to even dive into. I feel like I'm too old to dive into learning all the complexities of that. We're never too um, old to learn things. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You can choose not to, but we're never too old to learn. True. <laughs> Definitely something I don't want to learn, which my degree is actually in clothing making, which is hilarious because I have no desire to <laughs> even attempt that world. <laughs> but then, you know, going, so I've always seen it that I would buy clothes from somebody else, right? But when it comes to building things like my house, I would like to be able to build that myself someday from the ground up, build an entire house. And then that would go into the things that we put into the house, making our own furniture. Same with the food. I'm not willing to raise cows and chickens, but I could buy them from a farmer who does, but I could grow all my own vegetables. I've learned so much about plants and gardening that I could feed my family myself. We wouldn't have to go to the grocery store to do that. So start out simple, kind of look at where you want to see your life going and then work backwards. What would you, what could you do now that would help you achieve that goal in the future? And it can be as simple, like you said, making almond milk. It could be as simple as starting to make your own scarves, starting with crocheting. It could be as simple as, you know what, let me keep a house plant alive. Let me learn about one thing at a time. I want to grow vegetables later. Start with a house plant. Start with a pothos. You can't kill those. Start with that. Build your confidence and slowly work forward and always be willing to ask for help. I spent six months unemployed during 2020, and that was the time I learned the most about tools. I did all, I painted our entire house by myself. My husband showed me how to use different tools. I put in a fence in our front yard and he showed me how to use tools. And so I learned all these skills by asking for help. Hey, I want to do this. Don't do it for me. Show me how to do it or show me where I can get the resources to learn how to do it. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that's just kind of like a life lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And start small. That, I mean, you have to build your confidence. I know so many people who are like, I ripped out all my kitchen cabinets and then I ended up hiring someone to do it. Well, did you start too big of a goal? Maybe just start by taking off one door and seeing if you can learn how to sand and, you know, Mm. start small, build your confidence. These aren't things that you have to do all at once. Build your confidence over time. And a lot of us millennials suffer from the I want it right now instead of I can learn over six months how to do this or I could save up for six months for the right tool to help me do this. So have patience. Have patience. I'm going to do a plug for another one of your kind of DIY businesses. So you are also a yoga instructor. You are an aromatherapist and you're a bookkeeper on top of all the other things that you do, but you just launched a course for small business owners, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs that will let them learn how to do their books. It's like a DIY course for business owners. 
give us a little small plug for that because I have a special place in my heart for that. I do books for myself. I help other people do them. I know it's a real steep learning curve for new business owners. And I I trust and believe that your course is going to help so many people. So let's give it a little plug. Yes. So you can access the course on my website. So honesthaven.life. And it's under the resource tab. It's called Courses. Um, And it's the only one available right now. There are sections, advanced ones coming, but I launched the first one so people can get started. It's nine modules. It starts off explaining why bookkeeping is important for small businesses, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, self-employed, you know, why that is a tool that you need. And in going through that, I show you softwares, you know, what things you should look for, how most softwares work, basic information that you need to start up a business and how to put that into the software. And then it kind of goes a little deeper as you keep going into the course to really learn how your books will actually help you grow as a business, how you can use that as the tool to decide where your business should go and where your business can go. And it's all with using your bookkeeping. And I also show you how to use it so that if you were to hire someone else, let's say that's not your forte, you should always know how to do it so that you can double check that no one is embezzling your money or doing something crazy. That's how these companies get that stuff happening is the owners have no idea how the books are done or run. It's very important that you at least have an understanding behind how it's done and why it's done so you can just make sure your money is going where you say it should go. I second that because that was literally my first hack on my recent episode on the six-figure entrepreneur myth. It was like, know your books. You have to understand how your own money works. You can pay someone to do it. But like, that's like a base, basic thing that's really kind of scary for people. So I'm super grateful that you were able to have the time and resources and energy to put that together. I think it's going to be a huge resource for lots of people. So yay for that. We'll Yay. put that in the show notes, everybody. And maybe you could put that as a, a story highlight because I know we're recording this mm-hmm. right now, but your episode will come out a little bit later. But you have great stories about how that how it's broken down and what it is. So go check out her Instagram for that. Okay, here is our final question. We ask all of our guests, what is your current favorite life hack? Ooh, my current favorite life hack is how I, and I'm still working on it because I think it's a fabulous hack. I haven't quite figured out how to work it for myself, but it's working your day in reverse. How do I want to end the day? And then figuring out how you're going to start the day with how I want it to end. Do I want to end with it on a peaceful note? You know, how do you want your day to end? And then reverse engineering your whole day around that. I've been working on that for two, almost three weeks now. Still don't quite have it down yet, but it's been an interesting um, experience to work that in reverse. Do I want to end the day with making a big meal for my family or do I want to end it with a meditation? Like how would I reverse engineer my day to make sure that that is how I end it? That's my life hack that I've been really enjoying lately. I love that. that. I love reverse engineering all kinds of things. I hadn't Mm -hmm. thought about doing my day. That's clever. I love that. 
Thank you so much. This has been so exciting and fascinating to hear about all your products in conversation and not just lightly stalking you on social media. <laughs> Speaking of, where can the people find you? You've mentioned your website and your lifestyle haven. We'll put all of these in the show notes, but where is your favorite place to connect with people? My favorite place is my Instagram. I I have a Facebook, but I'm not. A, uh, it's there because you need one. But honest dot haven is my Instagram name, and I that's where I I live. And I live in stories. I'm working on the feed. I have information on there, of course, but I live in stories. You want to connect with me? Watch my stories. I will share just about anything with you on my stories. I love how vulnerable you are in your stories. I think it's it's really important. I love it so much. Okay, well, follow her on all of the things. Message her. She's very great in, in DMs. I love chatting with you there. It's very inspirational. I'm very grateful that you had your time today to talk with us. Everyone, go follow Cassandra. Make sure to connect with Erica and I and, of course, the podcast. Please, please rate and review on your favorite app to listen and remember to stay curious. Disclaimer, this podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.